Hi, welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCon podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. I'm Susan Moser, a partner with Cherry Beckert, and with me today are other members of our government contract services group. Joining me is John Ure. He is a tax partner who specializes in working with small business contractors and Brendan Halloran, a senior manager who works with contractors of all sizes on compliance, regulatory, business systems requirements, and who prior to joining Cherry Becker was a divisional ACO with DCMA. Uh, so uh, this is a podcast, another podcast in our 8A government contract series. Um, today, we're going to take a look at contract performance after the 8A program. While this topic will delve into important considerations for small businesses who will be graduating from the SBA 8A program, a lot of the information that we're going to discuss today is really relevant to any small business that's doing business with the federal government. Our government contracts group, we work with hundreds of clients, both small and large, and try to take something from that we learn from every client that has some benefit to a wider audience. So. Uh, thanks for joining me today, Brendan and John. Great to be here. Thanks. So let's start out. Uh, so we'll, again, the topic is contract performance after the 8A program. So, so let me just start out by asking you both. So a company is getting ready to graduate from the 8A program. And again, really, we want to encourage folks to be planning this well in advance. This is not something you start thinking about uh, in the last year of the program. It's a nine-year program. Um, but there's several paths that, that companies can take as they are exiting the 8A program. Um, the two most common are staying small uh, or being fully prepared to compete for full and open. So, John, let's start out with you. You work with um, so many 8A companies. Um, so let's just start by talking about why a contractor might want to focus on staying small. What does that mean? Is that a bad thing? And what should they consider doing differently? Yeah, great question. Um, I think some some feel that if they are not growing and not expanding and becoming bigger and bigger all the time, that maybe they're they're not as successful or not as uh, not doing as well as they could. And that that's definitely not the case. We have several clients, and in fact, there's many companies in the industry that choose to stay small uh, for various reasons. Um, and so, that, no, that's not a bad thing. That's That can be a very deliberate choice, and it can be a very profitable choice at the same time um, where companies choose to to uh, specialize, to go into a niche area, and really, really perform very well in that area. Um, so if if that's your game plan and something you're considering, um, a few things to, uh, to, to think about as you're going in. Uh, one of those is to focus on the quality of the opportunities. Um, with small businesses especially, uh, sometimes you know, a lot of them feel like anything that walks through the door, any opportunity out there is something they should grab a hold of and, and really pursue. And maybe initially that's that's your game plan to kind of get the, the wheels rolling. Uh, but as if you choose to stay small, if that's a, a deliberate decision you're making, then the opportunities that you're choosing need to narrow down to really the, the, the quality opportunities, the ones that will grow your core competencies, the ones that will be uh, continue to be very profitable for you. And what we've seen is 
when companies choose to do that, they're able to, one, they, they become more profitable. They're able to hire uh, experts in their field and they become a very uh, powerful, smaller company that can deliver great results and they develop a, a great uh, reputation inside that industry and, uh, and they continue to do very well. Um, so it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy as they focus on that, they become better and better at that um, and still remain remain under the uh, size standard. So, um, and just to to clarify, just because you're out of the AA program, if you choose to stay small, that means you're you're still qualifying as a small business uh, under the NAICS codes that you have under the size standards. Um, so while some of the benefits of, of graduating from the AA program, as far as, you know, your, your wealth accumulation rules, um, the, some of the ownership rules, those are more relaxed. There still are some uh, standards you need to remain under in order to to qualify as a as a small business uh, for SBA considerations. Um, you know, a lot of uh, our clients. You know, sometimes they they choose in order to stay small. They want to shed a contract or or, or various contracts or shed a division that they've started to grow, um, and this spinoff or 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 getting rid of these contracts, it, it's a great opportunity for them to to remain small. Uh, a few considerations uh, in that realm is when you're calculating size standards, just because you spun off a business, say in 2022, uh, that income is still going to be on your tax return for 2022 and, until you, you actually spin off that, that division. Um, that's important because the next codes, of, uh, of course, many of them are based on revenue. Um, so if just because you spun that off doesn't mean you don't have to include that revenue for 2022, you do up until the day that you sell it. And that goes on your tax return, which then is the term, it helps to you remain as a small business under your NAICS code. So um, most NAICS codes are, well, many NAICS codes are revenue-based, uh, which is your, you know, your gross income on your tax return. Uh, some are employee-based. So obviously you want to understand what your contract, um, what's happening in your contract and also what your NAICS codes call for and still try to remain small if that's, if that's a decision you're making. Um, but uh, we've seen a lot of companies do this very, very well and uh, have a lot of respect for those companies. I think they, you know, if they can do it well, it's something that can be very profitable for them. They maintain the, a lot of times the culture that they build in a smaller company. I think it's harder to, once you have a great culture in a business to continue to uh, have that permeate your company as you continue to grow. And, and a lot of our government contractors grow very quickly. Um, and, and quite big. And so that's another advantage that they, they might enjoy, uh, but it's a great choice. And uh, uh, if you can do it right, it's it's that doesn't mean you have to give up profitability or give up uh, expertise. You can still have both of those in a small business. Great, thanks, John. And so you know, just to chime in, um, you know, we do, we do see that as a, as a strategy for a lot of companies is, um, you know, competing in full and open, you know, you, you still might consider yourself a small business, but, you know, at, at $40 million, if you're no longer small and you have to compete with full and open, that's a, that's a, that's a bit of a shark tank out there. And so, uh, so Brendan, talk a little bit about some of the considerations. If you do focus, plan to focus on growth as a large business, what do you need to do differently? Um, again, hopefully you're not waiting until graduation to think about this, but, uh, but just talk about a few of the some of the considerations. 
Sure. No, thanks, Susan. I mean, that definitely brings, you know, a whole new set of, uh, you know, requirements and considerations that uh, that companies need to take and, and focus on government contracting. John, as you said, you know, there's, um, you know, certainly the need to, um, you know, when you're small, you know, you're probably, you know, competing for and, and working on a number of different types of contracts. And so part of kind of that evolving into, you know, what is going to be your strength um, as you try to compete as a large business is really where have you gotten traction you know where do you find that niche you know what agencies or you know customers are going to be good target opportunities so really you know kind of developing that plan you know while you're still small and again you know far ahead of um you know graduation is really important to really narrow down and and identify what those are going to look like and, and so that really you know starts to predict you know some of the uh, things that you'll have to uh, prepare your business for so you know as you get into you know full and open obviously um you know certainly competing with you know some of the you know the largest um you know contractors in some cases but it really does um you know bring implications in terms of you know you may have um additional business systems requirements you know as you continue to grow or as particular contracts have um you know clauses and requirements based on you know what those um statements of work are um, as well as things like, um, you know, cost accounting um, standards administration. Um, you may have to, you know, you may actually be getting into an award right off the bat that, um, you know, could be, um, you know, cast covered. And so, you know, just, you know, as we've worked with many clients, um, you know, there's, you know, it happens quickly, um, you know, and, and hopefully things are going well for you. Um, you know, some of those, you know, things that you you might kind of put off in the, in the distant future, you know, could be what you need Need to be prepared for to, to win something you know very short term so you know business systems uh, cost accounting standards and then really um, understanding your you know and, and really you know kind of solidifying your estimating practices are, are really critical um, because you're certainly going to have um, you know more requirements uh, with preparing and competing for those and you know you really um, need to it's not um, not information that you can pull together um, at the drop of a hat and you really need to be you know setting your your business on that course for developing you know competitive indirect rate structure uh, and, and really being prepared to meet some of those requirements. So um, those are definitely, you know, some of the some of the key things that can, um, you know, fall right in line with, you know, kind of getting to, to full and open, um, as well as, you know, understanding how you can do those, you know, with, you know, you don't have the, the resources of some of the, you know, uh, larger or more established um, companies in government contracting. So how can you, you know, meet the requirements and, and kind of plan to, um, you know, continue that pattern of, you know, growth and, and being ready to compete and, um, and more importantly, you know, perform if you win those contracts. You know, Brendan, that, that just kind of reminds me of a call that you and I had earlier today with, with a client that they are a small business. They are uh, bumping up on their size standards. They're not an 8A company, but um, but they are planning for full and open. And so they are looking at an opportunity um, that should be out next spring in, in the first or second quarter of FY23. And um, but they are doing a lot of things really well. They uh, we're helping them with some training on all of the things that they need to think about how they need to mature their business. Uh, they know that they need to approach the proposal very differently, and so they're not waiting, um, 
you know, they're they're planning this, you know, six, nine months out. And I think that that's, that is truly the key to success for, you know, that, that successful transition. And it's, you know, it's it evolves over time. And certainly I'm sure many of our listeners have been thinking about this, you know, from the day that they entered the 8A program. So it's it's not something to um, to to take lightly. Um, you know, in the last uh, couple of minutes, uh, Brendan, I wanted to, to ask you about the SBA recently came out with some new rules on past performance for small business that I thought might be relevant to um, to this audience. So can you maybe just talk a little bit about it, just kind of high level? What, what, is this, what does this mean? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's very timely uh, given our, our conversation today. But um, yeah, as you said, the SBA has uh, got two new rules that I think that they are effective as of uh, August 22. So, um, but essentially they, they really do help, um, you know, companies leverage um, and, and kind of meet some of the, the past performance requirements. And so um, first, um, agencies are now required to consider past performance um, a small business obtained as a first tier subcontractor in a prime contract, um, you know, in the case where they uh, where that contract had a small business subcontracting plan. And then the second um, the, the second standard is that um, when bidding, you know, a small business, you know, can actually use past performance of a joint venture um, of which they were a member, obviously, um, provided that they did work on that joint ventures contract. So those are, you know, um, you know, two additional avenues to, you know, leverage, um, you know, situations where you've, you know, perhaps been, you know, been that uh, subcontractor. Um, and you can, you know, kind of leverage, um, and that's particularly important because some of that past performance, assuming that you've, um, you know, you've, that's a market or a customer or agency that you want to target, um, that's going to be really directly associated with what you might want to be um, competing and in, in full and open on. Um, and so again, you know, the joint venture, um, you know, the benefits of a joint venture, um, you know, this is, you know, really another uh, another facet that you can uh, begin to leverage that as well so um, certainly encourage folks to take a look at the uh, the latest on those because um, could be you know very beneficial to them um, and in in any bids that you're looking at um, trying to assemble your past performance um, you know basically as of today yeah great um, so I think you know the the bottom line is we know there's no easy path um, you know, while you're in the 8A program, while you're looking to to graduate, and and once you're, once you once you do graduate, but I think the the key is to to plan ahead and be strategic and reach out for help and try to take every advantage that you that you possibly um, that you possibly can. So, uh, with that, we will um, end for the for the day. Um, we want to thank everyone for joining us. I want to thank John and Brendan for joining me. Um, and just would encourage if anyone has any questions, please feel free to email uh, any of the three of us. Uh, you can find information on our website, cherrycbh.com on um, past podcasts and, and other um, thought leadership that we put out. And please join us again for our next uh, Cherry Beckert GovCon podcast. Thanks.